You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick. And I'm Chelsea McLaughlin. Well, well, well. Look who came back from their tropical holiday. I know. You know, I'm happy to be here in the studio, but generally not so happy to be this far south from the equator because it's freaking cold outside. It is cold. That is what happens in the winter water months in Sydney. Mm. So I would say it's lovely to see you, but we did have an opportunity to catch up last night that I was very excited about because I hadn't seen you in a while. Here we go. (laughs) We went to the red carpet premiere of Tina Turner the Musical. Brilliant, by the way. So good. We were seated next to each other. Delightful. Obviously can't talk during the musical. We were dancing. We were clapping. I don't know if you were. You're really small. I couldn't see you across the aisle. But <laughs> Yeah, I was jamming out. I was dancing away. Such a good show. And then there was a very fancy after party afterwards. And I was like, this will be our chance to have a few champagnes and catch up. And I went outside the theatre and saw our other friends. I was like, okay, let's go to the after party. Where's Chelsea? <laughs> Chelsea's gone home, they said. Okay. I, my scream startled <laughs> Richard Wilkins, Carrie Ann Kenley. They all heard the scream. Okay. Okay, so in my defence, it finished at 10.30. Oh, come on. And I start work at 6am. You call yourself an entertainment journalist. We don't sleep. I know. I'm such a nana, but I just couldn't. I was already yawning through the show, and not because the show was boring, but because I have to have eight hours sleep, (laughs) and I very rarely get it. Look, I wish I could have come, but I just know my limits. Okay. I'm a responsible gal these days. Well, I was home at a crisp 1am and I feel okay Good today. Lord. You look rough. Yeah, no, but... this morning I checked your Instagram <laughs> and you had posted like, this gal's got to go home five hours ago. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, thank God I didn't go. Jeez. Anyway, it's Friday. If you can't Woo! tell by the manic energy in this episode, that means it's weekend watch. We've got some great recommendations for you. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Okay, well, two names that we didn't think would be, you know, together in a headline anymore because, <laughs> uh, look, you'll know, Chris Pine and Olivia Wilde are working together again. This time, they are linking up for an upcoming scripted podcast called Ad Lucem, created by Pretty Little Liar star Troy and Balisaro and Josh Close. The reason this is interesting is because there's some history here between those two. Some important history that will one day be studied in schools. (laughs) A story that will not die. So, of course, Wilde directed and starred with Pine in that film last year, which was subject of all sorts of drama. We spoke about it, I think, every day for a year. So you'll remember the Chris Pine disassociating me (laughs) from the Venice Film Festival and just the general talk from around that time about how he seemed disinterested and somewhat annoyed throughout that entire movie promotion. A lot of the chatter presumed that this meant Pine and sort of the cast in general did not like Olivia Wilde or that they were, you know, unimpressed by her being wildly unprofessional on set or being the worst person to ever exist ever on account of dating Harry Styles. This news essentially debunks that. Turns out Olivia Wilde probably not the worst person to ever (laughs) work with. 
on Instagram, Wild shared this news saying, it was a real blast to be part of this cool project with my favourite pine nut. Oh, <laughs> Why is that so cringy and cute? No, I love it. I'm weirdly an Olivia Wilde apologist. The more Yeah, you're the ultimate Olivia fangirl. Like, even today you're trying to, like, make me follow her on Instagram and you're trying to recruit people to the cause. Yeah, I really like her because she just seems so unbothered. Like, I'm sure that she actually does care about the fact that she is still, even after this Harry Styles breakup, dealing with, like, a really disproportionate level of hate and she has been for sort of a year or two. I imagine that's hard to deal with but on Instagram specifically she's just living her life. She's just posting somewhat unhinged jokes you know she's just going about it not caring and I really respect that so you know captain of the (laughs) Olivia Wilde fan club here. That scripted podcast will be out later this year. So Rachel Bilson who if you're a millennial woman or maybe a Gen Z or I don't know would know her but mainly millennials because she's starred in the OC as Summer Roberts, but she also starred <laughs> as Dr. Zoe Hart in Heart of Dixie, which if you haven't watched that series like you, Chelsea, yeah. you need to be watching it. It's I on know. Stan. A lot of people have told me I need to watch it's it. It does seem up my alley. The funniest <laughs> comfort watch. Anyway, beloved actress. She also has a podcast, as every actress does now. Well, actually, she has <laughs> two because she's been doing the OC Rewatch podcast with Melinda Clark, but she also has her own podcast called Broad Ideas with a close friend of hers. And it's one of those kind of general celebrity podcasts where they sometimes have other celebrities on to do interviews. Sometimes they have experts. They talk a lot about their personal lives and parenting and dating. For like two hours. It is a two-hour podcast. (laughs) I'm not against that unless I'm trying to find audio. It's too much. (laughs) So on her podcast, Rachel talks very openly about her life in a way that maybe some other celebrities don't, in particular her sex life. And over the years that she's had this podcast, she's made a lot of viral headlines multiple times because of what she said. She talked about Bill Hader. Well, she didn't even say it was really Bill Hader, but I guess like she's talked about him and like missing his penis and the great sex. Sometimes she talks about this on her own podcast, I should say, and sometimes it's other podcast interviews, but it all kind of gets interlooped and together. She's talked about not having an orgasm until she was in her 30s. She's talked about positions she likes. She's very open about sex. And on a recent episode of the Broad Ideas podcast that just came out this week, at the end of the podcast after she and the other co-host have finished interviewing Fast and Furious star Jordana Brewster, she talks about the fact that she's lost a job because of talking so openly about sex. I lost a job this week because of things that were said and then spun in the press and clickbait headlines and whatnot, I lost my first job because I was speaking candidly and openly about sex in a humorous way on our friend's podcast. Now, in this day and age, I'm baffled. (laughs) A single mom, a woman, lost a job because they were being candid and honest, and the subject was sex. Was it was this a conservative brand or? I have no idea. I didn't know anything about the brand. You were selling Bibles for this company. No, Rob. No. 
I mean, justice for Summer Roberts. She sounds really upset there. And she goes on to say in the podcast that when she got the news, she cried quite a bit and she felt quite humiliated, but also that she quite needed the money, which I know coming from a rich LA actress who's been on lots of different shows, it's all relative. She probably does have, you know, bills to pay and that sort of thing was really counting on that money coming in as most people would be in, you know, any kind of circumstance and to have it pulled from you because you were talking about something openly, I'm would be really upsetting. Do we know what the comments specifically were? Because I know she's talked about this a lot all over the show. It'd be interesting to know the specific. Oh, yeah, she actually does go into that. Also, I should say a lot of headlines have said that it was an acting job she lost and she doesn't say specifically on the podcast, but listening to it, mm. it sounds like it was more of a brand endorsement deal. Like a podcast ad or yeah, something. Yeah, or something or an ad for it, Instagram or for her to be the face of something that they've pulled her from. It was from another podcast episode she did where they were talking about what sex positions they like and she said, I like the man to take control. I like to be manhandled a bit. And I remember those headlines going, everywhere that like Rachel Bilson likes rough sex. Rachel Bilson likes right. to be manhandled. Okay. The way she was talking about it was like in a consensual relationship with a partner, that's her sexual preference. And the idea of shaming her for that mm. is just so wild. Making it into like a big scandalous thing when it's really not. It's kind of her just talking about something that she does consensually with someone else. This is frustrating because as she says on the podcast, In this day and age, a woman talking openly about her sexual preferences should not be anything worth pulling anything over. That should just be... Out of all the problematic things celebrities say, that's not one of them. Exactly. Like, God knows male celebrities have done way worse on podcasts, probably, with zero consequences. And what I kind of hate about this, and again, like, you know, I obviously have empathy for her, but I know she's not in kind of the worst situation where it comes for money. But just looking at this through, like, more of the overall lens of celebrity culture is Mm. quite troubling. Because we have been talking a bit like behind the scenes as we plan this podcast every day about this massive shift that we've noticed in celebrity culture and that celebrities have become so guarded, so vanilla. I'm not saying they have to like share every bit of their personal lives, but you can just see that. I mean, the reason these people get into this industry is that most of them are very animated, very interesting characters, very dramatic, very or emotional. able to put on a persona that is that. Exactly. And that's why they're interesting to hear them be interviewed because they work in a crazy industry and they have big personalities. But now they are so aware of how one little sentence can be taken and spun into this big media storm that most of them are so very guarded. And like even the way that they're set up for interviews now, like I know I've said this before, but I do a lot of celebrity interviews and you do as well. Mm. And I'm sure you've noticed that the list of things you can't go near is getting longer and longer. (laughs) A lot of bullet points. Exactly. And even for more like local talent now, they're like, can you send through every question you're going to ask beforehand? And I always say, well, that's going to ruin the flow of the conversation that I have to stick to one list. Mm. And I think celebrities are very aware of it. And I think Rachel Bilson is one of the few celebrities who's still very outspoken up until this moment and has been very kind of uninhibited in sharing her life and sharing things about her divorce and parenting and the industry and all those kind of things. And I've noticed that she's getting more and more withdrawn as the media circus builds around her. Like I was listening to her on Justin Long's podcast not that long ago. And she kept trying to tell a funny story and then stopping herself and going, oh, my, I'm sorry, no, I didn't mean that. Please don't make that a headline. I didn't mean it like that. Like she was telling a story yeah, about the fact right. that she has this, she lives on like a hill in LA and she has a big glass window and a birds keep, <laughs> this is so bad, birds keep flying into it and killing themselves because they can't see the glass. Oh. 
<laughs> she's like, oh no, stop. And then, then she went to laugh too. She, and then she's like, oh my God, I'm not laughing at dead birds. I'm not, I'm not. Okay, because the headline will be like, it. Rachel Wilson she said that. laughs at She literally bird said, oh my God, the headline's going to be that I'm laughing at bird deaths. She's like, I'm not. She's like, we're trying. We've put wind chimes up. We've put like coloured things up. We've put things in to try and like yeah. stop it from happening. And then she's like, oh my God, I can't even tell this story because I know it's just going to become a big thing. And then they wanted to talk about something else. And then she went to tell a story about something that happened to her on a movie set once. And she's like, oh no, I won't say that because it'll get really spun out. So I was like, now we have this celebrity who was so open, who mm. was giving us some fun, interesting content, who is now too scared to speak. I say that also as someone who works for a company that does take bits from interviews yeah. and use them as headlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I think it's interesting, like, we joke about how every celebrity has a podcast now and it's almost like they're backfiring in a way because we had thought, you know, these celebrities having a podcast is sort of them taking control of the narrative. Yeah, they don't want to talk to us anymore because they're worried we're going to spin their words. Exactly. And, you know, there's sort of, I guess from their perspective, it's a safer environment to disseminate whatever they want to disseminate because, you know, when you're talking with a journalist or something, you know, there's sort of a guard there. You might have PRs in the room. You have sort of natural filter because this is a journalist and, you know, the journalist is going to write a story about you. But if you're sitting in a podcast studio or just in your house with your mates or your husband or, you know, people that you know, it's much easier to fall into more of a comfortable sort of conversation where you might say things that then do get spun out. Like, just recently, so Megan Trainer has a podcast. Yes. And she on her podcast, which was with her husband, said something where she insulted teachers. And then that became a huge thing and she had to come out and be like, look, I'm really sorry. I was just yeah, the heat of the moment that. talking with my husband. And it's like, normally that would just happen behind closed doors and now you're saying it in front of a mic. Yeah. They're realising, oh, this is actually sort of a dangerous thing as well. Exactly, yeah. And also with the whole like pulling things out and putting them into stories, like you're saying, like obviously we do that here at Mamma Mia, but we're a bit more careful about it. Like when I saw this story this morning and I was like, okay, let's do that for the podcast. I sent a headline through the website and was like something I've never gone through this before. Rachel Bilson has been fired from a job for speaking publicly about her sex life. That's factually what happened. Mm. That's exactly her words and what she said. And I think that people label that clickbait. And even her and her friend in the podcast were saying, it'll just be spun into clickbait. Like that's not, that's factually what happened. What they're talking about the clickbait is those headlines saying Rachel Bilson likes rough sex, likes to be manhandled, instead of saying Rachel Bilson has given an interview about her sexual preferences. But that's not as clicky. Or like the Bill Hader thing, everyone's like, has finally broken her silence on dating Bill Hader. Like I she literally, hate, she didn't say that. I hate breaking their silence and no, it's been an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's no silence. God damn it. Exactly. So I, I really am not liking this trend. Like there's a lot of things celebrities used to say in the past that were very problematic that they would be more guarded about saying that now. And I'm all for that. But I'm hating this new trend of everyone having to completely shut down and be PR managed robots because anything they say will be spun out and they'll lose jobs. So anyway, we love Rachel. Bilson, go watch Heart of Dixie, go watch The OC. (laughs) And we will link this full episode of Broad Ideas in the show notes if you want to listen to her explain the situation herself. It is towards the end, but just letting you know, it's a two-hour podcast. But the whole episode was good. Listen to all of it. No. (laughs) I finished my work week on my couch, ordered some food. It's time for week and watch. Our recommendations of what to watch this weekend. Okay, I'm very excited I'm here for a weekend watch. It's been a while. Finally. 
This week, I am recommending a new comedy on Apple TV+. Plus. It is called High Desert. It stars Patricia Arquette as Peggy, who is this on-again, off-again addict who decides to start a whole new life after the death of her mother. So she becomes a private investigator, which is kind of my dream. So I could relate to that. Oh, that's right. You've always wanted to be a spy. Yeah, or a private investigator. I just want to know people's secrets, essentially. (laughs) So from here, the show sort of follows her hijinks as well as a really funny supporting cast. So Matt Dillon plays her ex-husband. Matt Dillon, I was like, I know that guy. (laughs) He's in all the 2000s comedies. Oh, yeah, yeah. No idea what he's been up to Some names just burnt into your brain, but you couldn't name what they were in. That's Matt Dillon for me. You'd be like, oh, yeah, that guy. So he plays her ex-husband, Denny, who's on parole following a drug bust in the opening scene in the first episode. Rupert Friend plays this former TV anchorman who has rebranded himself as a guru and there's sort of an ongoing joke about how guru is a bullshit term basically (laughs) and Christine Taylor plays her sister Diane who's kind of the opposite and tries to like you know deal with her chaos. As you can see it's a really great neighborhood. Oh yeah it's a great park. The house has great bones. I'm sorry, would you excuse me? What the hell happened? Hit and run. I'm never going to that Walmart again. We supported you while mommy was here, but it ain't happening anymore. I told you, I'm a private investigator now. You're just gonna have to hustle. I need a hustle. No, to hustle. This is the time, Peg. You're a phoenix, baby. I know. What are you supposed to be? A real PI? What are you playing at? I'm not hiring. I'm a natural detective. You need me. And I need this job. Be here Monday morning at 9 a.m. I don't get up before 11. It is poignant. Obviously, it follows the death of her mother, so that's explored quite well. But it's also super quirky. I laughed so much at the opening scene. So Peggy and Denny are attempting to stuff like too much marijuana, just like too much, (laughs) down a sink as the police try and raid their home. It's really, really funny. And there's a fair bit of these really over-the-top physically comedic scenes, which I really enjoyed. And the performances are really compelling, especially Patricia Arquette, who is obviously always brilliant. So it's called High Desert. The first three episodes, I believe, are streaming on Apple TV+, Plus, followed by new episodes weekly on Wednesdays. I struggled with recommending this because I thought... <laughs> Why do you always have a caveat? <laughs> I have a caveat all the time because there's always an emotional backstory, Chelsea. Have you ever met? I was like, I'm not going to recommend this show because I feel like everyone's already watching it. But it's come to my attention that some people have said, oh, is that that weird period piece show? I don't know about that. To which I say, no. So I am recommending <laughs> The Great Season 3 on Stan, which came out last weekend. So it's been out a week now. If you haven't watched it, it is a completely amazing, like wonderfully weird witty show. It's one of the funniest shows. The like, funniest I shows. laugh out loud. Yeah. And also like so compelling. Anyway, it's about, if anyone hasn't watched it, it stars Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt, who are both so perfectly cast. Their chemistry is amazing. And I feel like people saw them in a whole new light in these characters because Elle Fanning plays Catherine the Great, who comes to Russia to marry, you know, King Peter of Russia. And they have a really offbeat relationship. They're enemies, they're lovers, (laughs) especially Nicholas Holt as Peter is one of the most complex characters because like this man is so perverted, so evil. But he's so charming and I love him. And he's hilarious. <laughs> he's hilarious. We've had some difficulties. Apparently marriage has challenges. 
there was some bloodshed. She tried to kill me. I did. Well, that shakes a man. How can we trust each other? Faith. Annoying answer. Agreed. All hail Catherine the Great! Huzzah! Huzzah! The Empress and I are at peace. In truce, in love. I may have some nation anchor at times. Understood. I'm no longer the child bride who took this place. But I will be the leader I promised myself I would be. Letting all pursue their happiness as they see fit. That's a pretty good description of anarchy. Peasants! Welcome to the future. Let your voice be heard for the first time. It's a trick. We think she is a witch. It doesn't even look like me. And they do what with it? Line up to spit in its face. The hair's good. No, it's not. The eyes are wrong. They're the wrong blue. Yours are more crystalline. It's a dark comedy, pretty much, but like so cleverly done. It's in season three now, so they've gone through a roller coaster in previous series with like marriage and a baby, but also a civil war and trying to kill each other and, you know, really, really interesting. We're in season three now. If you haven't watched it, I won't give any more away than that. But if you've kind of seen it pop up on Stan and you've seen just the pictures and thought like, oh, that looks like a bit of a period drama, not for me. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) An amazing, amazing dark comedy. The writing is so good. The sex scenes are amazing. Yes, the costumes are great. The supporting cast is amazing. I'm obsessed with this show. So if you haven't watched it, there are three whole seasons on stand right now the great and occasionally true story is actually the full title well thank you so much for listening to the spill today this episode of the spill was produced by laura brodnick key says you're her brilliant incredible co-host that's not quite my vibe if you could please say that too (laughs) my co-host laura brodnick (laughs) with audio production by madeline joanu our executive producer is gia moylan We'll see you on mamamia.com.au and on The Spill Instagram. Bye. Bye.